0: Music you had a gig and we like got dinner oh i did i did see you when i did wild horses right right, yeah Yeah, Yeah. okay that was a year ago yeah but i mean other than that which was pretty brief you know we just like vibed and got dinner but yeah yeah, i mean it's been a long time since we've gotten to chill like this i know (laughs) <laughs> getting weepy already. Yeah.
1: So exciting. <laughs> what are what what type of artist are you identifying as right now? Like a
0: can I intro oh. you as like a
1: technical director
0: or like a oh.
1: playwright
0: or well, and see that's the thing like this is why this episode may not even be usable and why I said to you, "Hey, like I don't I really don't know if I'm the person for your podcast cuz like I'm I'm really an ASM. Like that's that's what I am and that's what I do. Rad. And I love that. Yeah, and, like, I love that. I love what I do so much, but I, it's 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 obviously part of my own imposter syndrome yeah. thing going on. But I do wonder, I, I've seen different perspectives of people who are on this side of tech, uh, stage managers and ASMs, you know, like, run crew, etc. wardrobe. Like, some people do feel that it's artistic, mm-hmm. and some don't. I kind of don't. Like, I'm obviously a part, like an art enabler. (laughs) I, like, help it happen, but I'm not making truly artistic choices, and that's fine. Like, I still feel like I'm part of the artistic process, Mm -hmm. just in, like, (laughs) a very mechanical way, you know? I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting, though, because,
1: like, okay, so you don't necessarily, you said you consider yourself, like, an artistic enabler which i think is pretty funny and <laughs> yeah, i don't know like,
0: <laughs> like i don't even know what that phrase means i didn't want to say like art maker because like cool people use that to mean cooler things than what i'm doing but like something along that line
1: <laughs> i i say this with love. art adjacent that's that's the imposter syndrome for sure mm, yeah because yeah. like i don't like ever feel like an artist and it's it always really? takes other people telling me that I'm an artist to be like oh shit yeah you're right I'm artistic yeah. well I will tell you that you are an artist <laughs> like, absolutely <laughs> it's always weird because like it means it means it's so subjective it means something different to everyone right right so did you consider yourself more of an artist when you were doing technical direction
0: things or playwriting things Oh, I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. Like I I think I have maybe a different perspective on it because I have I have done a lot in the like more certifiably artistic side of things, like when I went to like in my degree I was primarily an actor, which is very weird. And like I think a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, like if you (gasps) Lord and Giles. I I remember now. Lord and Giles, that's right. Yeah. Um Oh God, now do I have to tell that story? (laughs) No, 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 no. That's for us. That's for us. (laughs) Good edit edit that out. But but no, so I primarily did acting and dabbled in like designing and writing and and directing as well, like my senior year. really enjoyed directing but uh yeah it's really weird when i when i applied for my internship at seattle rep i had a i kind of had a hard time like i put my my like real like post college resume together for the first time in like a major way and i just had such a huge amount of acting credits that i had nothing to do with anymore i was like oh i'm trying to kind of shift into tech and like I just look on paper and, and I have been an actor and been someone who's been doing, you know, not a lot of things in this field, even though it's where I'm moving towards. So I really, <laughs> I really did not think by any stretch of my imagination that I would get that internship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when <laughs> I got a call from, you know, the person calling me to say, Hey, uh, you, you got it. i have just really like shit my pants. I had no idea what to do with that phone call. Um. Anyway, this like <laughs> gonna be a lot of rambling for you to edit out for me. <laughs> no, I
1: love that. I don't want exactly. to edit anything, to be
0: honest with you. Oh, I'll I'll hold you to that. <laughs> but but no. So like it's it's weird. And, and like I never would have guessed that I would be in tech. Like I loved acting so much and and writing. Like I still. I still write for myself. I don't really actively write like as a an outward. I don't really output a lot of my writing into the world currently, mm-hmm. and that could change. But like, but yeah, I've I've settled into tech in a way that surprised me, um, and it's it's funny. Like everyone in Seattle knows me as a as a stagehand,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think people are surprised when they find that out. But everyone I know from Oklahoma, uh, you know, anytime I catch up with people from college for my program, they're always like, oh, like, what What are you acting in? Like, what are you writing? Like, what, when are oh, you're doing tech. Like, that's kind of weird. I, I have, yeah. like, two <laughs> two spheres of myself, like a, a weird little Venn diagram. Like, very, very few people see the intersection of those two.
1: Yeah, that's funny. Because, like, well, it's always funny because you're always someone different to everyone else, Yeah. right? So, like, every oh, time yeah. you're in, like, a group of... When your worlds collide, you're like, oh, my God, you know different versions of me. And <laughs> yeah. like, I have to be all of those versions of myself
0: all at For once. For sure.
1: <laughs> you didn't really answer my question.
0: I know. I'm sure I didn't. What was it?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't know if you were trying to avoid it or not. So No, no, no. Um, did you consider yourself more of an artist when you were TDing and writing than you do as an ASM?
0: Hmm. Uh, when I was when I was more into writing, for sure, mm-hmm. definitely like I I consider that a really artistic thing. TD not so much. I think it's still very mechanical. It's it's like art adjacent. Yeah. No, I I feel like I just made that up and I keep saying it, but I, I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like enabling the art, making helping helping the art along, just giving it like a nice a nice push. Because you obviously you can't make art uh on the scale that if you're a company that needs a technical director, then you can't make the art you want to make without one.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's not that it's not necessary, it's just that it's not particularly artistic you know like you need in in most theaters you need even smaller theaters you need you know you need someone to run the box office like you need marketing, you need development you just you need a lot of different people that aren't artistic, but I think they still, I'm still probably not answering your question at all. No,
1: no, it totally makes (laughs) sense what you're saying, but I'm so curious because in my third year of college, we had this thing called collaboration, and it was all of the design tech students of my graduating class plus the, I think, first year MFA directors of the program. And one of the questions that our professor had posed was, you know, are you an artist? And of course, all of the designers were like, yeah, I'm an artist. And the costume technicians were like, yeah, I am. (laughs) But also not really. Like, I feel like a lot of them Mm -hmm. were like more on the wayside. And then all the TDs were like, absolutely not. Like, I am not artistic. But I disagree with that. (laughs) because yeah that's fine there's so much more interpretation that you guys have to do i am not a technical person Mm -hmm. not really um and it's definitely a skill that i i lack that it's not that i don't have it but anyway um Mm -hmm. uh I feel like people that are very technically minded, like gear heads and people that build things, are so they're so artistic because they interpret in a way that's different than the way a designer or creative might. But maybe that's like me being like ultra sensitive or something.
0: No, I don't know. I think I think it's like the opposite of beauty is in the eye of the beholder which like is already kind of a problematic and weird phrase yeah. but i think it, i think it's the opposite with art i think art is in the eye of the maker like if you consider the thing that you are doing to be artistic then i think it is and maybe that is woo insensitive but no, I, I i think that's what i think too yeah like yeah and so for me like i don't feel like my work is particularly artistic but like i also that doesn't bother me you know like i yeah. i think i went through a phase Where I was shifting away from the creative side, like moving into more of a commitment with tech. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I am now, and that's what I will probably continue doing. And there was like a tiny bit of overlap and and a rift between the two of like, oh, I mean, I I love tech. I, I always loved tech once I found it, but I thought, oh, you know, like I'll probably still do both, or I'll do. Text sometimes, and then I'll, I'll like fall back into the artistic things, and I think there was a, a little bit of grief for, for like, oh, I'm, I guess I'm not going to probably be an actor anymore. But now I've, I've made my peace with that in a way that's not like I don't consider myself myself. Good lord, um, that the out. Oklahomans coming out. <laughs> I know. I don't consider myself a, like, a failed actor or a failed playwright, I'm just like, I am an assistant stage manager, I'm a stagehand, and I fucking love doing that. Can we swear? I'm sure we can swear, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, like, if I ever do find my way back into creative things, uh, that would be cool, but it's not something I yearn for. Like, I, I, I sometimes miss... It, but not enough to shift my life back into doing that. Like, I ended up in a staged reading once because a friend, uh, just going to start my endless series of name drops here, Leah Fakori, was like, <laughs> Oh my god, an actor dropped out of my show! I'm doing a staged reading! Can you be a 14-year-old Batman-obsessed boy for a weekend? I was like, yeah, I'm that all the time. You're sure.
1: like, actually, that's my secret. That's <laughs> me all <laughs> the time.
0: Yeah, I was like, Done. Already already there. And, and that was, like, so much fun. Just, like, got to hang out with uh, Leah and, like, be in the acting process for a weekend. I was like, oh, yeah. this is fun. But, like, other than those types of things, just kind of falling into them, you know, it's not outside the scope of possibility that in a couple of years I'll, like, show up at an audition if I just really am drawn to it. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I'm, like, banging down people's doors with headshots or anything like that. Like, yeah, I, I really love what I do.
1: I guess it's funny because I guess and I'm learned I just learned i I guess I'm learning about myself during all of this, right? Which is the kind of the point, yeah, too. but I guess for me, it's never been an option mm. to not consider something artistic. Mm. So it's interesting that you're like, because, like we share the same opinion that art is in what the artist chooses it to be. But for someone to not assign meaning to it, just, it's part of that rule, right? It's part of that way of thinking. And it's valid,
0: obviously. So that's crazy to me. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you said assign meaning to it. And it's not that I don't assign meaning. It's just a different kind of meaning. You know, like, I pour so much, so much love into what I do. And I... I specifically, I guess, maybe where I find, like, the the marriage of something purely technical and the artistic process mm-hmm. is that I've chosen to be a stagehand, specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was probably, my, my internship was in technical direction, and I learned, <laughs> as we do in internships, you're like, uh, yeah, yeah they're, that's what they're for. You just yeah. discover things about oh, is this really what I want to do? Or I'm gaining skills in this field I want to do. And for me, it was finding out, oh, this actually isn't what I want to do. And I think it's probably because it was too divorced from the process for me. Like, I love being with the run of a show... Sorry, my dog's walking across the floor loudly. Uh, Like, feeling being in the in the room through tech and the energy and just seeing the artistic process unfold with me in the room and and feeling that energy mm-hmm. and being with a run every single night like feeling the the same way that actors do feeling the audience react differently every night seeing choices being made differently
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know and like this ephemeral beauty of of the art that we love uh i think that's probably why i'm in this job specifically, like, I even don't, I don't want to be a stage manager. Like, I think people are not judgmental, but I think people are sometimes nonplussed. (laughs) I think people don't really know how to take that when I tell them that I'm a career ASM. Yeah. People, I think there's an assumption that people who are ASMs, they're stage managers who are just, like, doing an ASM gig, Mm -hmm. like, in between their, their SM gigs, Mm -hmm. but for me, like, I, I don't even want to call a show, like, I think there are people that find artistry in that, and, like, I empower them to, to assign their own meaning to it, Mm -hmm. but for me, I'm like, oh, even that feels a little bit too far away, like, I want to be in the, in the guts of it, like, the living, breathing, (laughs) like, like, pushing things on and off the stage, like, making it, making the actual, like, living, breathing play happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's so romantic. It is, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's it's goofy, but it's true. Like, I, you're you're making me realize things, like, internalize how I see my job in a lot of ways. Because I've said to people pretty often that you could train a chimpanzee to do my job, because it's like, take this object, move it to this place, push yeah. this button at this time. It's just like pushing and pulling, yeah. you know, like you could you could train to chimp to do that. Uh, but but also, yeah, I mean, there's so much more nuance to it, though, because sure. I feel the
1: same way, too. I'm like, what at the end of the day, if you boil it down, it's like you make something look pretty and you have a lot of conference calls about it. <laughs> like I can have someone do that for me. But I understand, you know, there is a nuance to it and I really appreciate those small details too. And I as I'm sure you do.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's just who I am as a as a human like maybe it's because I am like artistically inclined in some ways, but like I you could definitely find basically anyone to do like, like you don't really need a lot of skills, a lot of true skills to be a stagehand. It's just like I said, it's just <laughs> picking things up and like walking them to a different place, you know, really quickly in the dark. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you could pick that up pretty easily. But the difference is, this is just me patting myself on the back, I'm, I'm realizing, but to me like, I understand how that fits into the art. Like, when i'm just like pulling on a rope or pushing a button i feel pretty connected to like the moments of a show and the and the pacing and the energy of it so i'm <laughs> i'm like pulling that rope and i'm pushing that button with with my whole heart it's so cheesy but it's true you know like you can find stagehands who just show up and do their job and you could maybe have the same result as what i'm doing but i I think I do a good job because I care about the art, like in a in a pretty deep and cheesy yeah. way. Yeah,
1: and there is a difference <laughs> as someone who has worked with both types of stagehands. And I'm, right, I'm sure right. you know too, there is a difference. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you made that transition to doing stagehand work after your internship at the rep. When did you start doing ASM work?
0: Yeah, no, it's... I guess I have to talk about my crazy college, my crazy theater program that I did. Uh, I was, like, trying to see how far I could get into this podcast without doing that. (laughs) So the program that I did was in, like, a rural college, middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. And it was super, super small, super underfunded, like, one staff member running the entire program, like, Mm -hmm. the tech and the acting, yeah, just very, like, small town college type thing, but, so the degree is, uh, just theater, like, really broadly theater, and everyone had to do a little bit of everything, you had to take design courses, you had to direct, you had to, uh, you had to act, so there were people who knew they wanted to do tech. Mm-hmm. for sure. That was absolutely what they wanted, no doubt, in their minds. Mm-hmm. And they would have to take, like, you know, X amount of acting classes, and they <sighs> fucking hated it. So happy. I'd never had to do that. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that would have driven, driven me crazy, too, if I weren't inclined that way. And, and, and the same thing, like, the actors had to take a bunch of design classes that they were like, I don't care. Like, this isn't for me. But you had to. So I got a lot of exposure to tech. I I did... I primarily did acting because that was what I was interested in, but, you know, there would be um, a lot of opportunities for me to do, to be the SM or the ASM on, like, little little small events that our college would do, you know, there was, like, like weird beauty pageants that happened every year, like, I don't know, I don't know if that's an Oklahoma thing, I'm sure it is, uh, or, you know, like, a, con- a like, touring concert series, you know, so I got... Uh, little tastes of tech here and there, and just over time, sort of later in college, I found more and more that oh, like this is actually really interesting. And like I, I, I still liked acting more and writing, um, but I found myself thinking, oh, this is something I could stand to do more of and get more exposure and and just have a broader skill set. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say. I'm not really sure when that changed. Like when I officially was like, oh, I guess I won't be an actor anymore. I think, <laughs> I think, prob- I think probably, if I'm being really honest, it was that I graduated from college and realized like, oh, I don't want to live <laughs> live the life that you have to live yeah. to be an actor. Yeah. And like, I definitely got a lot of acting roles. Uh, because I went to a small college, like, I definitely was very aware of that the whole time, and it just was even more present once, once I was going out to the bigger world, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, you know, acting's fun, but acting as a job is really crazy, and I, yeah, it just wasn't the, the path I wanted to take for myself.
1: Um, so what was it like moving from a small town in Oklahoma
0: (laughs) to big ol' Seattle? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, so I grew up in Tulsa. I grew up in, like, one of the only two real cities in Oklahoma. And and then I went to college in, like, bumfuck middle of nowhere, which was its own culture shift. But but even just moving from, yeah, Tulsa to Seattle was crazy. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I would get that internship. really did not think that I would. Same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, are you sure? Like, are you really, really sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, fuck. That was so crazy, getting that phone call. <laughs> like, uh, I just, like, packed up everything that I owned in the back of my, like, 2000 Toyota Solara little tiny shitbox. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I linked up with a bunch of the other interns. I think you were, you had to have been one of them. And said, like, hey, is anybody still looking for housing? Like, I don't have anywhere to stay. And I I eventually found someone who was also moving from, like, the other side of the country and and didn't have housing. And so we, like, (laughs) I think we were in, like, a Motel 6 in SeaTac for the first week or something before we found a couch to crash on. And we were just like, okay, wow, we literally just met each other. Let's hang out in a hotel room for a week. And then ended up rooming together, but... Yeah, I I always knew that I didn't want to stay in Oklahoma. Like, being a a young queer person, uh, pretty much dictated that like, oh, the South or whatever Oklahoma is, definitely not the place for me. Mm-hmm. Seattle was somewhere that I was I was kind of interested in. Just like randomly applied for that internship. Yeah. Happened to get it. Yeah. How did you find <laughs> out about it? Man, I really I think. I don't know. I probably just, I think I just found it on Google, like Googling technical theater internships. But my, yeah, the fact that I ended up moving here for that internship is still, still so crazy to me. Like I was in such a weird post-college place of like not really knowing what I what the fuck I was doing, like, tried to join the Peace Corps, <laughs> did, a, did a bunch of other crazy shit, I, like, moved to Memphis for, like, a month, uh, <laughs> won't get into that story, but just, yeah, I just really was kind of pulling myself in all directions and, and seeing what worked out, and I could not be more excited that it worked out this way. Yeah. Like, like, life has never gone the way that I have planned, and I don't say that to mean, like, nothing's ever gone my way, things have... Things have often gone my way, but just never the way that I expected or, or wanted them to.
1: Yeah, and three years post-internship, you're still there.
0: Wow, yeah, I'm still here. I will be here until I get priced out and have to move to Kent. <laughs> like, <woo. laughs> not, to, not to drop that
1: bomb to everybody. Yeah, Daddy Bezos, let's help with mm. the rent problem, mm. why don't we? Oh, that was Bezos. really... I it was it was like world changing when I had gone back to visit and do that show, and I was yeah. like this is not the Seattle I knew, because I was yeah. doing I did Wild Horses at 12, 12th Ave Arts in mm-hmm. Cap Hill, and it was frat boy city.
0: It's I know, and it's I only gross. lived
1: there for like a year, and like so I can't imagine everyone else. That's completely displaced
0: now yeah yeah it's it's, it's pretty bro around those parts that's where i do a lot of my work as well in that very building Ooh,
1: yeah, yeah. do you work for a specific theater company right now or you're freelancing i assume
0: yeah i'm i'm freelancing but i i primarily do my work with with one company just because i really like them and have fallen in with them in a way yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's very cool
1: yeah do you have any like major influences or inspirations about anything?
0: Like not, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, oh man, I don't know. That's like the one question you asked. I was like, oh, maybe she just won't ask that. I won't know what to say. Oh no. Yeah, I don't. know. It's okay. I ha- don't think you I may have, have to an edit answer. that.
1: I don't think I have an answer either to be completely no. honest with
0: you yeah yeah the things that are inspiring my me right now are just like I have to get out of bed I have to pay my rent <laughs> like that's not very inspirational but like that's what's getting me through the motions of things no I don't know just like taking your your question in like a different direction but like yeah. I don't know what are like, can I ask you a question? Yeah, what's is that legal? Yeah, i yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want
1: to like commandeer your podcast? No, it's a conversation. What for yeah.
0: for both of us? Yeah, like what are what are what are you doing with uh with here's my cool podcast voice? Yeah, I like it. What are you, what are you doing with quarantine? Like, where are you finding opportunities for growth and self care? Um, I have
1: started learning Cinema 4D, which is a rendering program.
0: Ooh. And
1: it's always been really intimidating for me. Just the thought of it has been really intimidating because it's, like, a lot of Disney animators use it. Like, it's used for major animation projects because it's so amazing. Like, a lot of um, the really cool, like, tags that you'll see in sports games and stuff are built Mm -hmm. in there and then used with other engines and stuff. Hmm. So for me, I've just always been like, I can't. And I... I've also gotten back into drawing a lot, which is cool for me. Oh, cool, yeah. And I have a – I don't have – well, I have, like, sketchbooks and stuff, but I've been getting more into digital drawing, too. So it's been a cool little melding of words. I've definitely gone through phase one of stir craziness. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I think I'll be – Only in, phase one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> – phase two is coming in hot and heavy, and I, yeah. I'm i just going to embrace it. Um. And surprisingly, or not surprisingly, Animal Crossing has really been (laughs) saving me. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been nice to like escape to a little fantasy world, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And reading. I've been trying. My goal this year was to read 10 books, and I'm definitely halfway through that. So nice. Gonna up my goal. Thanks,
0: Quarantine. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um,. But I guess, yeah, inspiration also. I follow a lot of, like, artists on Instagram as well. And so I think that the push to create more has been because of the people that I see on social media. Yeah, yeah. But that's always, it's always a slippery slope when you get to that that place, though, because it's always like, I I need to do more and, like, I need to be, like, competitive and do all this. But it it doesn't matter. We're in a global pandemic, so we all need to chill. And outside
0: of that, too, like... Outside yeah. of that, still,
1: yeah, comparison is so dangerous, so dangerous. um And I will say I'm very fortunate that one of my dad's weird mottos was always "Don't compare yourself to others." When I was growing up, so
0: that's a good weird motto.
1: Yeah, it's a good weird motto, and it's all it's it's also weird because it was that, and it was like always strive per- for perfection, but know that it doesn't exist, and that like you're always better than someone, but someone's always gonna be better than you. So it's like, competitive, but like with a soft edge.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I'm just like making crazy face expressions. Uh, It's just like a crazy riddle that sounds like... Yeah, it is. (laughs) But
1: it has 100% impacted me because I am stupid competitive, um, (laughs) for better or for worse. But I'm like a quiet competitive. <laughs> when That's the worst I, kind. which That's is the worst kind, made it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Uh, I was in summer camp for a while when we lived in Chicago, and they gave out awards at the end of summer. And one summer, I won the award for most sneakiest for being the most sneaky and I don't even really know what that means because I, I was not a bad kid by any right. means. Right like, that sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of those camp, camp counselors. And it's not like I like I think it's just because I was a quiet kid mm-hmm. like I had like one friend in camp and when she wasn't there I probably like wouldn't talk to anyone so I guess they didn't want to give me an award for being the most shy, but they gave me the award yeah. for being sneaky. Oh. But it's kind of true. Sweet. I'm kind of sneaky sometimes.
0: Yeah. What's been the helping you get through quarantine? Oh yeah, definitely some escapism in the form of uh Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. I have just been like brushing my horses and feeding them carrots and that has been so soothing. <laughs> I, I managed to avoid spoilers for that game for two years. Wow. What, it's been out for, like, two years? Yeah, I managed That's to. That's impressive. Wait, I, yeah, that was... I actually feel very good about... I'm so glad I have a public platform to brag. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm so obsessed with Red Dead Redemption. And I was going to get it, like, day it came out, all about it. Big, big, like, yeehaw nerd. And then I was like, you know what, Jordan? Like, you really should just wait until it goes on sale. Like... Now's not the best time. I could have still bought it and just been, like, even more broke. But I was like, no, I'll just wait. I can just wait. And I waited for long enough that I forgot I was waiting. <laughs> and then it was super cheap. And I avoided spoilers. And so then it made it so much more gratifying to buy it in, like, January of this year. Yeah. And be like, wow, what a journey I've been on with myself. And now I get to ride these horses and brush them <laughs> and name them. You get to name them in this game. Whoa. oh, so great. Anyway, so that's been really helpful. I've, like, played through that a million times. Yeah. Like, countless hours. But The graphics for that look really cool. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. The horsies. It's all about the horsies. Like, really... <laughs> truthfully, if anyone... If, like, hardcore gamer bro dudes of any gender are listening... And they're like, oh man, Red Dead Redemption, like, I cried, all oh, the storyline, but I don't care. Like, I've never really cared about the story because <laughs> I just don't. And I'm like, I'm someone who almost always plays games for the story. Yeah. But for whatever reason, in those games, the mechanics are just so fun to, like, ride the horsies. Yeah. You know, and name them and pet them. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of that. I'm also still working uh, my non. <laughs> my non-theater job which is that i own a dog walking business uh so that's been really helpful getting to like see doggies every day hang out with them and be be their best friends for a minute i think if i had any other job besides that i it would be really hard to get up and go to work uh in general but it, uh, in quarantine specifically it's it's nice to like roll myself out of bed and be like oh i get to go and hang out with dogs like I think it's it's gonna be an okay day yeah if nothing else I get to do that
1: it's been very hard not to try to get a
0: dog during quarantine yeah I almost got a second dog I was like oh I can get a puppy now (laughs) like no I can't like no, no in no situation to do that but but I did have the thought or a cat I was like oh my god I can get a cat I miss cats no yeah just here we are the most sneakiest punk the most sneakiest punk
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't get it like what does that even mean that's not even good grammar
0: (laughs) i know i I tried so hard not to comment on that
1: i know most sneaky i mean my camp counselor was not intelligent though but and
0: also like grammar is racist nothing matters but
1: But that is most sneakiest
0: what does it mean what right. does it mean? <laughs> right. I've lived my whole saying?
1: life as the most sneakiest. Like <laughs> 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 <That's> so funny. <laughs> so random. It's so funny. It's really... That's yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's hilarious, I think.
0: <laughs> oh my god. It's funny. You're just gonna have to edit me laughing for like the next three minutes over nothing. That'll just be the whole episode. Yeah. It's like an ASMR of us laughing back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it.
1: <laughs> Girls on podcasts laughing with each other. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. You really did it. That's awesome. That's
0: well... So funny. Oh, shit. Um. Oh, I switched to decaf coffee. I don't know why I feel so urgently, that I need to tell you that. Yeah. During quarantine. Why I did you do that, that I, to yourself? I, do, I don't really know. I don't know. I'd been thinking about doing it for a while because I was like, man, my, I'm really such a baby. Like, my body doesn't handle caffeine well. And then one day I just, like, ran out of coffee and, like, I'm not going to the grocery store very often. I'm like, I better be, like, in desperate need of something to go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not in desperate need of coffee. So then it was a few days where I, like, didn't have coffee, mm-hmm. and I was like, I think I've already gone through the withdrawal process, like, I think I've already t- taken the hard part out of it, I'll just, like, try decaf and see if I like it, and I do. The end. <laughs> hmm. It's not that I won't ever have co- caffeinated coffee if I'm, like, out at a coffee shop, but, like, for my own daily purposes, like, I don't. I don't eat The only person
1: I know that drinks decaf coffee is L.B. Morse.
0: <gasps> what a compliment you didn't even mean to pay me and... thank you <laughs> love LV. i do too an hour of us doing that on a podcast yeah exactly that's so
1: funny yeah you were um one of the only intern fellow interns i actually talked to when we were <gasps> interning and then when now that we're not interning
0: yeah i mean it helped that our desks were like actually almost touching that's true. That's very like, true. There were I think there were some cool people in the building that we just didn't really get to get to vibe with. Yeah. That's true. People were like, but so I am fun. yeah. Yeah. Very grateful that you were in my little like pod area, extra cool yeah. as fuck. You too, man. That's fun.
1: That was a weird time in Seattle, but it was a good time. Wasn't it? Yeah.
0: A weird time.
1: Yeah. Um any advice or beliefs that you think people should know or follow?
0: Pausing. Pausing for thought. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. No. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't
1: mean to like, <clears throat> like hurry you. Oh, no, like, no, I no, just, no, 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 <laughs> I have something in my throat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Any day now, Jordan. No, let's see. Advice or beliefs. You know, this, let me think of like a, a pithy, ridiculous, like, simple way to say what I want to say. Whatever thing I said earlier about, like, life life is, has worked out really well for me, just never in the ways that I've planned. Mm-hmm. I think that's because I'm scrappy. But in, in like, who I am, and, and, you know, everyone needs to be kind of scrappy for survival. Mm-hmm. But, like, in how I view the world and how I operate it, I just, I like to keep my options open. Yeah, And I like to, you know, like, when I applied for that internship, I was also, like, moving to Memphis and, like, applying for the Peace Corps and just throwing my life in a million different directions. And I think it's important to, you know, now more than ever, for fuck's sake, like, everyone's calendars for 2020 have just been obliterated. Just, like, stay open to things. Stay, here, oh, here it is. Here's the pithy mantra version of it. <laughs> stay, stay, stay curious. But really, but do, you know, like, keep yourself open because I would never have imagined that I'd be living in, like, Seattle in the city of my dreams. I have fucking two dream jobs. I mean, you know, one of them is, like, postponed because theater's not happening right now. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have two jobs that I love so much and I would never, never have imagined this for myself. Like, yeah. it was not in my plans at all. And, like, here I am. And in five years, I could be doing something completely, completely different, like doing neither of these jobs and be equally fulfilled. So, uh, and also it helps if you have a lot of privilege like me, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) But, uh, you know, just, like, stay, stay curious and, and do what you can. Like, be kind to yourself. Yeah. There's, there's, like, the, the woo-woo. But, Mm, but it's true-true. You gotta, (laughs) you gotta do (laughs) it. Sorry. But, yeah, like... It's an important thing to do, especially now, like it's easy to just sit in our thoughts and and internalize the chaos of the world and and how our lives are impacted by it. but like, yeah, you're still you, you still have to, to be with yourself, so be be kind to to that person, yeah, 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 I don't know <laughs>
1: that's that's all I've got that's awesome, that's very helpful, yeah. Stay curious. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, it's so
0: cheesy. Yeah, it's true though. It's true.
1: It's true. <laughs> I mean, curiosity led me down my current path. Like my my colleague now and he was my former classmate. Um like was like, "Hey, do you want to intern for us and like do this thing for us?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then it turned into like a job, job, and I was like, "Whoa." Ooh, a job, job. None of that sounded like a real sentence, but we're here now. Um, No, (laughs) we're in it. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It's always crazy where curiosity will get you, because I still get to do lighting, and I'm still extremely passionate about it. It's in a different capacity, which is also really exciting, and, yeah. Do you want to plug your dog walking business?
0: Oh, no, I really don't. Um, Jordan's Canine Care, now offering dog park visits. Um... I do. Apparently I do want to plug it. Yeah. Yeah. No. In South Seattle. Yeah. If you know any doggies, hit her up. Hit Your up. dog is going
1: to be Instagram famous because she posts them on her Instagram all the time. That's true. Yeah. So Instastar.
0: <clears throat> yeah. 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 Oh no. No, it's just, I really thought that I would be talking more about like <clears throat> my, my theater journey and career. And they were all just like really, Weird stories about me being in college, and like none of them really matter. yeah, I'll tell you a, I'll tell you a little funny story just because it's like this is who I was as an actor. yeah, <laughs> like, uh, the capstone that we had to do in my undergrad program was that your senior year you had to direct a show, like that would be in the main stage uh, season. Mm-hmm. And you had to design it, you had to design the lights, you had to design the sets, you had to design the costumes, the fucking makeup, you had to do makeup plots, you had to do sound design, you had to do every design aspect of this one show that you picked, and you had to actually cast it and direct it to be performed for a live audience. Yeah, it was fucking crazy, like, it it, was so infamous, is still infamous, I'm sure, in that program, because it was, as you can imagine, the amount of work that would take. Like, you have to be working on it in your junior year for it to be ready by the time you're a senior. Um, And I also wrote mine, which was another level level of uh, craziness (laughs) to it. So, uh, (laughs) the, the type of, like, actor and director and playwright that I was... I'm, like, getting embarrassed now because I'm realizing this. You may have to edit this out. (laughs) But. (laughs) This will be a bonus, uh, a bonus portion of it. This will be a bonus, but, no, on closing night of my show, there was this scene where just, like, the main character gets a pizza delivered, and, uh, you know, he opens the door to, like, a delivery person. They have, like, four lines of exchange, and the pizza person gets, like, the door slammed on their face, and a bunch of my friends and I had been joking about, like, do you watch a lot of Stephen King movies? Uh, I've seen Do You it. like Stephen King? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. And... But so he's, like, really famous for, he does super weird little cameos. He does, like, Stanley mm. Lee style cameos. But he always picks, like, really dumb and weird things. Like, in Pet <laughs> Cemetery, Stephen King is the preacher that's doing the funeral service.
1: Yeah. Like, the
0: little boy that gets killed. Yeah. And and in, I think it's Rose Red, the miniseries that he did, he, Stephen King plays this fucking pizza delivery person who, like, gets treated like shit and has the door slammed in his face. And some friends and I kept making a running joke of, like, that's the kind of, like, cameo that I would do. Like, the pizza delivery person that gets treated like shit. <laughs> like, like what a, what a life you've built for yourself, Stephen King. But so closing night of my fucking show... I literally ran around the back of the theater. I had, like, talked to, like, one person about doing this. Mm -hmm. What what an asshole. I ran around to the back of the theater, like, grabbed that actor who, like, was the one person I talked to about it. And, like, we, like, changed clothes. I, like, put on his costume. And in real time, like, during a live performance, my main, like, the main actor of the show opens the door. And instead of the actor he's supposed to see, he sees me. (laughs) who's <laughs> supposed to be like watching from the balcony and has to just do this really quick scene but just has to do this scene with me and everybody in like pretty much everybody in the audience knew that it was me obviously and uh, oh man I have like no good punchy ending to that story but it's just like can you imagine like, I would not fly in the professional world at all like I would never do that but like yeah. that's that was also kind of what our program was like as, like, a glimpse of what we just really kind of got to run wild and treat it like a playground because it was so
1: small and there were so few of us,
0: and, like... That's so
1: beneficial, though, in so many ways.
0: Yeah, it really... It was crazy. Like, we had to... We were really constrained by budget and things like that, but it made us get so much more creative. Mm -hmm. Like, we also kind of had a lot of freedom in that way, of, like, this is a small program, like, no one's here, no one's really watching... Let's just kind of go crazy and make it. The, yeah, the hardest thing about having to sit and watch it was, ha- like, if I had just picked a show, like, basically everyone else in the program ever had done, a uh, small little brag on myself, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, it's like the second person to write their own show yeah. for that. Um, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> it was really hard because I, like, as you know, I'm this weird, like, queer person with a lot of crazy... Like, my mind just works in a really wacky way, I guess. I don't know. What, what I'm trying to say is, like, my mind's not meant for rural Oklahoman audiences <laughs> of mostly older people. And so, <laughs> like, there was a scene where it, it was just, it was hard to have that type of audience sit through my art.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And not even in the ways you would expect. It wasn't like, they were like, oh, fuck this. I, I actually had the opposite of that happen. There was a scene that I had where these two dudes are just they're really broing out and they're just telling like fucking really gross jokes back and forth. Like super misogynistic, like mm-hmm. so like really like anti sex worker, like just really showing their two bros hanging out, like drinking beer energy mm-hmm. toward each other. And it's meant for the audience to watch it and be grossed out and start to see those characters differently of like, Oh, like actually fuck these guys. Mm -hmm. But what happened off paper, like once it was off paper and out of my hands, the audience sat through that scene and they all just laughed. Like they ate it up. They were laughing at the jokes like they were being told as jokes instead of they, yeah, it just completely like warped my mind. And I was like fucking mortified sitting through that on opening night because because everyone's supposed to be, like, groaning and cringing at what's mm-hmm. happening, and they were just like, oh, ha, 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 like, that's a really funny, like, super homophobic joke. And I actually had to, like, do a little cluster meeting with my, with my like, team afterwards, and I was like, hey, we should, we should change how we're doing this, because I want it to be even more clear, because these fucking rednecks are thinking that it's for them and it's not, so.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was pretty squeaky.
1: That's crazy. That
0: yeah, that's funny. Mm. Yeah. On the on the recording of that night, like we uh, we took video of it. Uh you can hear someone throughout like the laughter as that scene is is uh, closing into a transition, you can hear someone on camera say that's the worst joke I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and that is probably the most like my proudest accomplishment that's as amazing. a as a playwright. Someone was like, that's the worst joke I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Like, thank you. Thank you. You got it.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Jordan.
0: I'm so yeah, happy oh my
1: that you, I, I kind of convinced you to do this.
0: I am too, man. Yeah. I, I hope it turns out well. I say that like it's still going, but
1: I hope that this <laughs> has been
0: productive. It has. It's been so yeah. chill, man.
1: Yeah, we're still recording, so don't worry. We'll, we'll fade out. we good night, so. <laughs>